0: Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. Jason, only a couple of sleeps left until the Bears make their first round pick in the NFL draft. We will talk about what we've learned uh, about where they could go, uh, whether they could trade back, trade up. Who knows, Jason, it's draft time. Uh, We'll get to all that in a second on Hallis Intrigue. Jason Leisure, as we sit here on a Tuesday, you were getting ready to to fly out to the draft in Kansas City. The Bears just sent assistant GM Ian Cunningham to uh, uh, the podium uh, in lieu of their actual general manager today uh, to try to give kind of non-answer answers about the draft because it's lying season and it's lying season until the Bears make that pick on Thursday night.
1: We can circle back to that in a minute. There's nothing wrong. Don't be alarmed by what Patrick's saying. Ryan (laughs) Poles is is healthy and in the building and running (laughs) the Bears draft. Uh, But if they sit at nine, Patrick, it looks like they will have some pretty good choices because nine is not really nine if you don't need a quarterback. Yeah, it's like five. Yeah. If you need a quarterback, then you don't trade out of that number one pick. Right. I I was explaining this uh, to my my nine-year-old the other day. Uh, Like, why would the Bears no longer – why would they give up having the first pick? Right. You don't need that unless you want a quarterback. Carolina needs a quarterback. Sure. So good move by them coming up and getting the number one pick. Now, we knew all along that the Bears were going to trade this pick. It was probably, I mean, it's, it's fun to say you knew all along after something happens, right. but I think everybody was 90 to 95% expecting them to trade that pick. The question was always how far down. Do they trade to two with Houston? Do they trade to four with right. Indy? They end up trading all the way back to nine, and Ryan Poles has acknowledged that that takes them out of the mix for what they call the blue-rated players. That group seems to be expanding because I think he said before it was like six or seven. Good. Ian Cunningham said Tuesday maybe it's eight. Either way, though, in either scenario, it's it's before the Bears pick.
0: Well, yeah, whatever. It, yeah, if I were if I were the GM here in the U.S., how many blue-rated guys? It'd be like up until our pick. And then everybody after that pick, right. No, no, no. And, but they
1: still at nine. Pet. Yeah. They will have good options because of quarterbacks going in the top. There could be four quarterbacks. I I don't think it'd be more than that. I don't think Hendon Hooker is really in that conversation. But there could be four quarterbacks taken in the eight picks before them. So you're getting picked five out of the non-quarterbacks, like you said. That probably means first choice at offensive tackle. Huge position of need for the Bears. Anywhere from like first to third choice, second choice, somewhere in that range on corners. Huge position of need, huge premium position right. uh, just in any team's roster building. So they're in a pretty good spot if they just stay at nine even.
0: Sure. And, and they could move back, you know, if they think that, uh, some of those, that all those blue chip guys are gone. And Jason, I just want to run through the options here real quick just so we're starting in the same place. Uh, at edge rusher, you have got Will Anderson from Alabama. You've got Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. At defensive tackle, you have got uh, Jalen Carter, and there's a lot to say about him, and we'll get to him in a minute. At cornerback, you've got Christian Gonzalez, uh, and you have got Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. And then there are four tackles, and uh, we can go through them real quick if you'd like. Uh, Peter Skaronski from Northwestern, who might be a guard. Paris Johnson. Uh, from Ohio State whose arms are four inches longer than Peter Skaronsky's and that is why Paris Johnson will not be a guard Uh, you've got Broderick Jones from Georgia and then you've got uh, Darnell Wright I'm I'm blanking on the Tennessee kid's name um, who is kind of a fringe top tier guy so those are the options right there for the Bears when they pick nine in a vacuum is there a direction you would go
1: yeah, I would go with Paris Johnson. I think that makes perfect sense for them. They need an offensive tackle. They this is Pat like it's a nice story that Braxton Jones came from Southern Utah, fifth round pick, won the starting left tackle job. I'm not sure he's a starting left tackle on every team in the NFL. No. And left tackle is one of those positions where you're not you don't do that on the cheap. Right. You don't try to smoke and mirrors at left tackle. You're looking for franchise 10-year all pro-level left tackle, and you've got to find one somehow. Right. When you got the number nine pick in the draft and there's a bunch of quarterbacks going to go ahead of you, that's a pretty good opportunity to get somebody like Paris Johnson. If he is, in fact, the best offensive tackle in this draft, he, tr- he solves a problem for you for the next decade.
0: I think the better debate is who is the best tackle in the draft versus is tackle the most important thing the Bears can mm-hmm. do. Because I don't think there's any question that it is. You know, we're talking for the second straight season about you got to give Justin Fields a fighting chance here to evaluate whether he's any good. They've done that at receiver. You know, the trade for DJ Moore helps him. You know, they may do that at you know at, at running back. They could draft a running back. You know, but the best offensive weapon they can add is somebody to make sure Justin Fields doesn't get killed. Yeah. Now among that group, Paris Johnson. I think he's built the best. I think Peter Skoransky's probably got the best resume there. But there's always that fear of drafting a guard at number nine. Yeah. And we could sit here and argue, in the modern NFL, maybe a guard at nine, if you know he's going to be great, could be worth it. I don't know. But they're, they've are they got guards. They don't have tackles right now. Or to your point, they have Braxton Jones at left tackle, but that is not written in pen. Ian Cunningham today, I think, reiterated that.
1: I think everyone needs to understand that in general, and I think a lot of people do, that – some of these success stories the Bears had last year were only going to be success stories on a three and fourteen team. Absolutely. Now, Braxton Jones isn't uh, in, at that level, but like Jack Sanborn being a, an undrafted starting linebacker for them, that's only happening on a three and fourteen team. That's right. the worst, one of the worst defenses in the NFL. That's not happening, you know, with the Eagles, for example. Sure. Right. Um, that offensive line, if you get this draft pick right. Looks pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Number nine overall pick, whether whether you want Skronsky or Johnson, and you move Braxton Jones over to right tackle. You've got Cody Whitehair, Nate Davis, Tevin Jenkins possibly. That's your interior that is a that is that way that would be probably the best offensive line the Bears have had on paper since twenty eighteen.
0: And then, you know, you've still got picks in rounds two and three. I wouldn't hate them drafting another offensive lineman, whether you know it's an interior yeah. or a tackle. You know, you know, I, I think history has shown they're going to play more than five guys, uh, just given the way these things work. And when you know they talk about Cody Whitehair being moved to center, cynically, Jason, let's see if they draft a center. Then we'll know whether or not this Cody Whitehair thing makes sense. I think they love him as a guy. I think they'd like him around. But if they could upgrade. Uh, and, and surround that very young offensive line with a young center. I wonder whether they do it, and I wonder whether they do it high up. Uh,
1: to your point, Pat, they have four picks in the top 64, mm-hmm. which is a little bit backloaded. Most of those picks are toward the end of that 64, so they've got four really good picks. Mm-hmm. First pick of the third round, you okay. should be—that's you know that's pretty good, okay. and it actually equates to being the last pick of the second round since sure. Miami loses their first-round pick. But Ryan Poles was telling us at his first draft a year ago, well, you we can't fix everything in one draft. And then he was kind of saying that again this year, that we can't solve all our problems in one draft. Now, he has to stop saying that at some point. <laughs>
0: yeah, oh, yeah. But
1: it's reasonable right now because you're looking at glaring needs. Glaring needs at offensive tackle and pass rusher.
0: Defensive tackle as well. And
1: you could throw defensive tackle in there. Corner. You could throw and a, corner. And to a little bit lesser extent, corner. Yeah. So, I like, you, two of them, the house is on fire. Right. Pass rusher and, and well, pass well, protector. Yeah. Offensive tackle. The other two are very, very important, too. And Matt Iberflus might even tell you, Pat, that defensive tackle is the most important position in his defense. So, to go into this draft thinking, well, oh, they'll just draft at those four positions at 9, 53, 58, whatever – And there's four starters right there. That's unrealistic. Sure. That isn't going to happen. And I don't think Ryan Poles is going to try to make that happen.
0: No. And and there's always a a mini wave of veteran free agents who pop up after the draft, too. You know, if the Bears don't draft a corner, there could be a corner on the market on Monday morning that fits what they want to do. It's not a long-term fix, but it's a patch. And that's helpful. You talk about Ryan Poles saying, I can't fix everything at once. You know, we said last year... uh, that he's of the philosophy that the more bites of the apple he gets at drafting, the smarter he'll look because everybody hits at the same rate. But if, you know, Poles has an extra three picks, all of a sudden you've got maybe an extra keeper or two on your team. Uh, a lot of GMs say that. He said that and then went out and turned three day four or three day three picks last year into seven, I think. He walked the walk there. I wonder whether that attitude will have him trade down from nine unless there's somebody there he's absolutely in love with, and it might be Jalen Carter, and we can talk about this in a sec, but maybe the difference between Paris Johnson and the third tackle on their list isn't so great that he wouldn't want to trade back from nine till the early teens and pick up, I don't know, a third-round pick for his trouble. If so, then maybe you can start solving more of these problems. You're not going to get everything done, but the more bites at the apple you can take, I think, the better. I think the Bears are still in building mode here, You know, there is no fine-tuning for them to do. They just need help. And that help, I think, must come in the positions of need. But I wouldn't rule out them adding positions that we consider a relative strength. Just because, really, if you look around this locker room, how many guys would you bet money on being here three years from now? I mean, it's on one hand, probably.
1: You've you've seen it before. You've seen it with guys that you thought would be around for a while. And then Roquan Mm -hmm. Smith's gone. And Charles Leno is gone. Right. other guys that have been uh, Pro Bowl-level talents for you. It, it's an interesting tug-of-war, and it's something we've been talking about since they got the number one pick, about trading down the first time, mm-hmm. where, yes, you want to do that. You want to gain, you want to stockpile assets. Having Carolina's first-round pick next year is fantastic, sure. especially because they could be horrible this year. Right. But also, Pat, uh, you're not sitting there with this abundance of great players. No. Like, you need some great players, too. Right. You need somebody like Miles Garrett- or a starting left tackle, right. or a lockdown corner like you, a, a Jalen Carter type talent. You need some of those guys too. You, you need, need a blue plus, chippers. You need
0: A pluses. Shoot, you need B pluses. You need Bs. I mean, no, you need those too. But you need yeah. a, you need they don't have the they don't have the. No, A's but when we're talking, of, right but when we're talking about the what they have at the end of the second round and in the third, it's a great place to go get B plus players. You know, they're not going to get. I, I don't think they're going to get superstars there. You know, but you know somebody like Jaquan Brisker. I think we would categorize as a B-plus player. Somebody who's going to be on the team for five, six, seven years. Somebody who's really good um, already Um, isn't going to be, you know, maybe he'll be knocking on the door of elite, but isn't a slam dunk star. Um, You can get that star in the first round. I don't know that you can get that star at nine, though. And, you know, when the Bears talk about, well, maybe there are only seven of these sorts of guys – at that point, I think a trade back makes a lot of sense.
1: I think you trade back too far and you end up with a team that's full of Bs. Yeah. And right. then you're a B team. And <laughs> I think they're aiming right. higher than that sure. in the long run. That is
0: a tremendous upgrade from where they've been, is a team full of Bs.
1: Yeah, but still not what it's anybody not is shooting for. Not good yeah. enough to win or the, to the,
0: win a championship.
1: The Jalen Carter option is fascinating. Yep. Because had there been no off-field concerns, the Bears might have kept that number one pick and taken him. He is that talented on, on tape, just off his tape, he is a candidate to go number one overall. There's been a lot of concerns that have changed that projection for him. Yeah. And now it, it's not crazy that he would be there at nine for the Bears. And this is a, it, it's serious enough that they had him in for a visit. It's a serious enough possibility that they had him in for a visit to try to ascertain, is this a guy we would later regret taking because he's he doesn't work hard enough, he has off-field concerns, um, or is this a guy who is uh, a little bit misunderstood and a guy that we think we can get through to? That's always a dangerous thing to think, you know something, you know a way to get through to this guy that none of the other teams do. Um, but Ian Cunningham was kind of, I would say, leaning a little positive on him, but not really giving you a definitive answer on, Whether they're comfortable with jalen carter
0: i think the bears had an opportunity on tuesday to shoot down the idea of drafting jalen carter and they did not do that strategically yeah they wouldn't want to yeah strategically that makes sense also again having the assistant general manager doing the press conference instead of the general manager doing a press conference if you did want to say he's not on our list and here's why you don't communicate that through the assistant gm anyway so you're right i think it trended positive a little bit I think he went out of his way to um, kind of say that he could fit in the Matt Eberflus hit system, even though there's been evidence to the contrary in in some of his college tape. And and I want to be clear real quick when we we talk about the issues that Jalen Carter has, the issues he has are uh, he was charged with two misdemeanor counts. Uh, One was racing uh, because he was racing uh, another car that had uh, a teammate and a staffer at Georgia in it and the car the Carter was not in crashed and killed two people um, by you know by being arrested uh, he can no longer I believe can no longer be charged with anything else in this incident so legally it is behind him but I think it is fair to wonder uh, whether that's some sort of glimpse into him um, and into whether he's reliable um, and, you know you know teams I think had some questions about that even before this sort of thing came out, the Bears spoke to him at the combine before word leaked Uh uh, that he was going to get arrested and had those concerns already. That said, might be the best player in the draft. And to your point, I'm not sure the Bears would have kept one if he was a clean prospect, but I think they sure as heck would have traded down in the top four, top three, to give themselves a chance there if you know that a couple other teams are taking quarterback. I think once it was clear that uh, Carter was murky, that made it a lot easier to go down tonight.
1: He's the guy on tape that you look at, like in a, like comparing to another year where you're like, Miles Garrett, like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to be incredible. Right. You look at Jalen Carter's tape, that's what it looks like.
0: Right.
1: Uh, with, the, with just the disruption and overpowering and sure. these great plays. But all of these other things have clouded it. And Pat, you were at his pro day. <laughs> you know, that that incident that you're talking about with street racing, is the more important real life incident, yep. but that pro day might hurt him, might have hurt him more. I think it did. I think that pro day hurt him more than anything because at the end of all this controversy, rather than kind of showing you like, hey, I'm worth it because I'm that good, his pro day was a disaster. He did, one- and that raises so many questions about his work ethic, right. about his his judgment, everything.
0: Yeah, he did one drill and he couldn't finish it. He looked out of shape. And nobody's questioning this guy's athleticism in the middle of a football season, but to not be in the proper shape for the pro day shows Mm -hmm. you that at the the very most generous thing you can say is this guy didn't do his homework for his pro day, and the very worst thing you can say is a lot worse than that. Um, I feel like you can get him at nine
1: if if he turns out to be in dominican su and you can get him at nine. That that's why this is that's why a team like the Bears isn't gonna just. Write him off. That's well, why he's worth
0: considering. Well, because he has that talent. And if you're Ryan Poles, if you get him and if he's good, you can walk around town saying, I got the best player in the draft. You know, In February of 2023, everybody thought he was the best player in the draft. I got him, and I got a first-round pick next year, and a second-round pick the year after that, and I got DJ Moore. That's a pretty good magic trick I just pulled, isn't it? And, I mean, that could get him I – mean, Ryan Pace dined out on less than that for seven years, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, this could be really good job security for him. The flip side of it is this. If you draft somebody who is a not only a bust but a famous bust, which is what Jalen Carter would be. If, if he flames out, he is a famous bust. Uh, on a young team, you know, Poles has talked about it might be too soon to bring in people with character concerns on a young roster, maybe an older roster. Can embrace that sort of guy and bring him into the culture a little more. I think the Bears are still building their culture, but if Carter shows up, is a bust, is a world renowned bust, and then that bleeds out onto the other young players you're trying to get moving in the right direction, that's a really easy way to get fired. A really easy way. And it's stupid to talk about it 14 months after he got hired. But, man, that's, I mean...
1: These picks will come to will come back, though, good or bad. Yeah, absolutely. These picks will make all the difference for him in 2024 and 2025. I like staying at nine. I like taking Paris Johnson. I don't like the idea of trying to, you know, thread the needle and, like, move back a couple spots, kind of going cheap at this premium position. Mm-hmm. Take that. Take the picks you got from Carolina. It, that's a big win for you in the draft. That being said... What are the plausible – give me a plausible trade up, up and a plausible trade back scenario because I know that you
0: were asking back,
1: about this today. I
0: think back you could go to the Titans at 11 if there's still a quarterback available and the Titans want to beat uh, another team to the punch. That makes sense. Then again, you look at the Bears at 9 and the Eagles at 10. Neither of those teams are taking a quarterback. So then it's just a bidding war uh, for some of those teams starting at 11. Uh, you know, you wonder too. two. You know at 12 if the texans don't take a quarterback second could the texans come down to move from 12 to 9 to draft whoever might still be there you know maybe it's anthony richardson uh maybe it's um you know shoot there i mean there's a world that could be cj stroud uh if so that could make sense if the bears are talking about moving up i just don't know what they would move up for unless they're in love with carter I mean, or Will Anderson? Maybe maybe Will Anderson falls if, if if Tyree Wilson goes what two? You know, if he would go two, and then the Cardinals would trade to a quarterback needy team, and then the Colts would take a quarterback two, then all of a sudden you do the Seahawks at five, and Will Anderson's there. Maybe you'd consider that. I, I I don't think the Bears are as likely to trade up as they are likely. To oh, I don't think so either. And but. I also think that we need to remember this with the draft and with the quarterbacks in general. Every year this happens where in January you sit there and go, you know, it's a pretty average draft. Like, it really is. And then we all get enveloped in it for three months. And at the end we go, oh, there's so many great players in this draft. There's, this isn't a draft full of difference makers on paper right now. And, you know, I'm not sure that whoever gets taken fourth or fifth um, I mean, that might already be too late to get a, somebody who is a no-brainer difference maker. Yeah. Um, in terms of corner, real quick, and, the, and then uh, we'll get you out of here. Uh, what do you think about the two corner options? You've got you know, Devin Witherspoon, who is a thumper. You've got, um, you've got uh, Christian Gonzalez at Oregon, who is just the right size for a modern corner and a good cover guy. But kind of different flavors, But both would start on the Bears immediately. Both would be the second-best corner on the Bears immediately, probably. Um, And both could help.
1: Yeah, I think Gonzalez is the guy that fits their plans better if he's available, though. He's probably – he's more likely, I would say, to go before nine. Mm -hmm. Witherspoon is more likely to still be there for them. But the the corner option is right there for me with – Taking an offensive tackle, mm-hmm. and I and just reading their cues, like I think it's right there for them too. Sure. Because you need three starting cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. They have two right now, and those two are Jalen Johnson, who is headed toward a, a contract conversation, sure, which could go a lot of different ways, and Kyler Gordon, who isn't really there yet. Right. Uh, on his way up, I think had a promising. Rookie season, but not really there yet. Cornerback is clearly a need, and cornerback is right up there, Pet, in those top four or five positions. Yeah, it's kind of the second
0: strata, I think. I think yeah. you've got quarterback and edge rusher probably at the very top. And then you've got corner, you've got receiver, um, you know, and, you know, in this defense, maybe defensive tackle as well. So not a luxury
1: pick to take a corner. That no, would be a clear, not. clear, defined need to get a, another corner in here who gives you three quality corners and some insurance if. Kyler Gordon doesn't continue to progress the way that you're hoping, or Jalen Johnson is not here anymore.
0: Well, and look, too, at what Ryan Poults did in free agency. Rather than go to the very few impact position players that were available, he instead went, what, inside linebacker, you know, second tight end. These positions that are not premium, but he got better value that way. And I wonder whether – I wonder whether he thought, well, I can get a premium position in the draft, and and maybe that's it. I I do want to bring up real quick the opposite of a premium position, but something that really fires me up, is um, B. John Robinson, the Texas Texas running back. Mm -hmm. Boy, it'd be fun if they drafted the best running back prospect in five years. Boy, that'd be fun. I think it would be irresponsible, but I think it would be really fun. Uh, Talk me out of that.
1: Oh, they can't possibly do that.
0: You don't think so? No.
1: I, I think a lot of teams would have a hard time justifying that. I think you and I agree on this. The only teams that could really solidly justify taking him in the first round right. are teams where they've already got everything else. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. 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 They don't need the so help. So if the, the Eagles
1: list. or the Chiefs wanted right. to take him right. and have a good time, the Chiefs don't need him. But, like, if the Eagles wanted to take him mm-hmm. and just have a great time, like, hey, let's just add another weapon.
0: But he'd be a top ten running back in football out of the chute. And – I just wonder when you look around and you talk about maybe alternative ways of trying to find value, especially at nine, which kind of appears to be no man's land. I just wonder, Jason. I just wonder.
1: What's the percent chance you think that they take him at nine? Five. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's,
1: um, I'd like that's fair. Yeah, yeah that's I think it's fair. It.
0: And I, I also think, too, that if you're in absolute love with the guy, maybe you can even talk yourself into moving back a couple of spots. Um, but I even asked Ian Cunningham about it on Tuesday. I said, "Hey, you know, in the modern NFL, can anybody even be worth a top ten pick at running back?" And uh, what was his answer?
1: It was the same way he started every answer today, which was, oh, "That's a good question." Good
0: question, and then he goes, "Oh, sure." Like you know, right. and and you know, they don't want to say, uh, they don't want to tip their hand real quick. Um, you
1: might be you might be wondering if you're listening to this though why, as Pat mentioned earlier, Ian Cunningham is talking and Ryan Poles isn't. And Pat, you remember the first. Ian Cunningham press conference. The only other time he's right. talked publicly, I believe, other than t- than Tuesday, was a joint press conference with him and Polls on cut day, and all of the questions went to Polls because much. it
0: was cut day. Yeah, the, and <laughs> because you
1: have the GM, why would you ask the assistant GM right. something when the GM is sitting right there? So, uh, after a lot of advocating and I think pretty good advice that you can't have Ian Cunningham. Sitting there next to Ryan Poles and right. think that there's going to be any questions for Ian Cunningham. Uh, the Bears came up with a very, very weird uh, solution to that, in which Ian Cunningham ran, handled right. Ian Cunningham handled their pre-draft press conference, which uh, Mark Potash was pointing out to us. The only other team mm-hmm. that isn't having their GM talk at the pre-draft press conference is New England. Yep. almost every team in the league sends out their general manager for this.
0: And, and I realize that our readers probably don't care how they <coughs> interview sausages. I think they kind of want to know but, why Ryan Poles yeah, isn't talking. but I think it's worth pointing out that, that that's <coughs> that's the case and that you know, the NFL mandates that uh, teams make one of three people available to talk about the draft in advance, the coach, the GM, or the player personnel director. The Bears consider Cunningham, who's technically the assistant GM, uh, above the player personnel director. So I guess by the letter of the law he qualifies. And we will talk to Polls Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. But the story of this draft is what Ryan Poles is going to do. Because he's never had a first-round pick. Because as recently as six weeks ago, he had the first overall pick. And it would have been nice to hear from him today.
1: The pressure has not been on Ryan Poles because he hasn't really had much of a chance. Yep. But come 2024 and 2025, he will have had that chance. And that chance will be defined by these high draft picks and their decisions with Justin Fields. Yeah,
0: and like we mentioned earlier,
1: so this is huge. Yeah,
0: I mean, if they get this first round pick wrong, you know, you can sit there and look at, you know, them getting insurance from the Pan- getting the Panthers pick and now having Justin Fields insurance next year if he flops, then they can they're in position to draft a quarterback. And I agree with that rationale and I agree with that thinking. But if they turn the number 1 overall pick into a middle of the road tackle or a corner who can never stay healthy, Or whatever, that is just a really hard thing to dig out of in the court of public perception.
1: And other than Fields, Ryan Poles is past the period of blaming Ryan Pace for things at this point. Not that he's been doing that publicly anyway, but I mean, at this point, other than Fields, it's predominantly a roster that he has created.
0: Well, I remember talking to Matt Nagy during Super Bowl week, and I'd asked him about Poles, who he knew in Kansas City. And, and Nagy said some nice things about polls, but He, he kind of said, like, you got to understand, this is weird. Like, all of the guys that we brought in, they're getting, like, like the, they got rid of. Like, they, you know, they quickly discarded as many guys as they could from the previous regime, which is why they were hired, number right. one. And Nagy understands that. But I think Nagy found it hard not to take it personally. And, you know, now even with David Montgomery deciding to go elsewhere, despite the Bears saying they had a pretty good offer on the table for him, um, you know, that's just one fewer guy that they inherited who is still a relevant member of the team. And if we were making a list right now, it'd be Justin, Jalen Johnson, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. And the number nine
1: pick. And the number nine pick. You, you would love to have heard from Ryan Poles. I mean, the the problematic situation the Bears ran into before where they had this joint press conference in those guys is, why would you ask Ian Cunningham sure. anything when right. you could just ask that question to his boss?
0: Sure, right.
1: Uh, there were a million ways the Bears could have Solved that problem without denying you the opportunity to hear from Ryan Poles sure. two days before the draft. But sure. that is how we got to this point.
0: Yeah, and that's yeah, and that explains why he wasn't there. Um, final guess: Paris Johnson's your guess? I'm
1: going Paris Johnson. I th- I think that he has been consistently impressive and consistently climbing, mm-hmm. he's he's got all the momentum right now. He was not the top. He maybe was the third offensive tackle a couple months ago in a lot of projections, but I think as teams have dialed in on these guys, I think he has risen to the top.
0: I think the Bears consider Chris Morgan, their offensive line coach, one of the best in the world at, at, at what he does, and in that sense, I think bringing in somebody who's not a fully formed person the way Skaronsky is is a little less scary to them because they want him to get his hands on him, I think Paris Johnson's a really good guess um, for the sake of variety. Because
1: you like Paris Johnson too, I do.
0: Uh, for variety, I'll have a moving back, three or four spots. No, give me
1: come on, man. you're not going to do this. Give
0: right. me well, I'd love the running back. Uh, give me Skarozki and a third-round pick. Okay. And the idea behind Skarozki could be this: you play him at left tackle this year, see if he sticks. If he doesn't, just wait till Tevin Jenkins gets hurt, and he can slide over to the guard. That's probably not fair, but whatever. Uh, Anyway, he's Jason Leisure. Jason will be at the draft. I will be uh, at uh, Hallis Hall uh, on Thursday night, and then we will be back together Friday. You will hear from Mark Potash and I probably between now and then. Until then, you can follow Jason on Twitter, Potsy on Twitter, and myself. Check out the Sun Times in print and online. He is Jason Leisure. I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon.